Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Chris Trapasso here for another episode of the Prospect Podcast. And holy shit, week nine in the NFL was absolutely bananas. And that comes after week eight, where we saw Cooper Rush win in, was that game in Minnesota? Yeah, it was. Win in Minnesota in primetime and Mike White Mania begin in New York with a 400-yard game and 34 points against the Cincinnati Bengals, who were coming off a huge win the week before that against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not a gambler. I, I don't bet on the NFL. Some friends will text me and ask me, you know, over-unders or, you know, against the spread picks occasionally. But, man, I feel bad for anyone that is like a degenerate gambler that is betting five to seven NFL games a weekend because good luck with predicting who is a good team and who's not and who are the elite teams and where power rankings should be and all that stuff. I, I just, it's been the most parody that I've noticed in an NFL season uh, ever since I started covering the league or just even growing up as an NFL fan. I mean, look in the AFC. There right now are eight teams in the AFC with five wins. And if the Steelers beat the Bears on Monday Night Football, and I am recording this uh, Monday after or Monday afternoon, nine teams. There could be nine teams out of the 16 in the AFC that have five wins. That's absolutely insane. At the top, the Tennessee Titans playing surprisingly good defense. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, or they're seven and two. They're at the top of the division or the conference at this point. The Ravens six and two, another comeback win, a close game in overtime, winning by a field goal. Uh, great comeback by Lamar Jackson and company over those Minnesota Vikings. They're six and two. Then there's nine, eight teams with five wins, and the Steelers, if they beat the Bears, can be that ninth team. But beyond just taking a, a, a look from afar. What we saw in week nine was absolutely insane. Like one of the craziest weeks I've ever witnessed. The Bengals, again, beating the Ravens in week eight or in week seven, then week eight losing to a backup quarterback in his first start, and they allowed 400 yards plus yards to that quarterback. Then at home against a reeling Browns team that went through all the drama of Odell Beckham Jr. during the week, they lose 41-16 to at home. And Baker Mayfield actually has an efficient performance. He didn't 
play amazingly. He had a one deep ball to Donovan Peoples-Jones that was on the money. Uh, Nick Chubb really ran wild, 14 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. But that game, no one saw coming. And then the Broncos going into Jerry World, the 6-1 and one Cowboys, and just completely dominating that game from start to finish. Dak Prescott. 48% completion, his second lowest completion percentage in a single game in his entire NFL career. Said it wasn't the calf. I watched the film. I put up a TikTok on the Pick 6 podcast. Uh, TikTok account, go check that out. What went wrong? I, I don't think it was his calf. He was a little bit less accurate than normal, but he was just not reading the Broncos defense. He did a great job on that side of the ball. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Tim Patrick. The very criminally underrated Tim Patrick, by the way. Teddy Bridgewater, 30 to 16, and there were 16 points in the fourth quarter in complete garbage time. That game was 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. The Saints lose to the Falcons. How about the Bills? The highest came into this week as the highest scoring team in the NFL. Lose nine to six. Don't score a touchdown. Nine to six against the Jaguars at home. The James Robinson less Jaguars. He was injured. Trevor Lawrence went out for a couple or one series, two series, one series in that game. CJ Beathard played in this outing. It, and there's a point from this game that I'll get back to at the end of this episode, but that was completely. No one saw that coming. They were almost 16 point underdogs to Jaguars and they went at home. The Vikings were, I believe, were up, were they up? They were up 24 to 10 and they lose 34 to 31 in overtime. And the Cardinals, without Kyler Murray, of course, without J.J. Watt, no A.J. Green, beat the 49ers in San Francisco by two touchdowns. They also lost Chase Edmonds early in that outing. They actually helped me win my fantasy matchup because my opponent got like 0.3 points from Chase Edmonds and I won by like a point total. Colt McCoy won a start in the NFL in the year 2021. That dude played against Texas or played against Nebraska and Indomitian Sioux like 12 years ago in college. He just bounced around the league and he got a win, completed over 80% of his passes against the 49ers. And then to cap things off, which was the most fitting way for the week nine, Sunday of week nine to finish. The Titans go to L.A. without Derrick Henry, the heartbeat of their team. The, to me, going into the week, the, the front runner for the MVP. And they smoked the Rams that were seven and one and had cruised in just about every game heading into that matchup. Matthew Stafford had his worst performance of the season to date. Uh, Ryan Tannehill wasn't amazing. The Titans weren't super efficient on offense like they normally are. I guess they're not always super efficient, but they're a very efficiency-based offense instead of a high-volume offense, especially through the air. But on defense, Kevin Byard with another pick six. Or did he have another? Did he have a pick six earlier in the season? He picked off Josh Allen, but I do not remember if that was a, ultimately was a pick six. I know it was very, it led to a very short field. But anyway, another pick for Kevin Byer, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry. Up front, the Titans are actually playing good defense after they were really bad in the secondary, especially last year. 
And that brings me to my next point. Um, oh, and actually quickly about the, I brought up the parody in the AFC. The NFC has some pretty good parody too that will make for a very fun final two months of this regular season. But it's a little more top heavy. Cardinals at eight and one. They have the best point differential in the NFL, 100 plus 122 points. And on the point differential point, I need to say there's that old Bill Parcells adage that you are what your record says you are. That is completely false. I'm a huge proponent in looking at point differential. And I'm going to actually write about this because I've done some research. I'm going to write this at cbssports.com at some point before the playoffs begin as we really gear up for the playoffs in December and, and early January. Um, point differential is very powerful in terms of being an indicator of really who the best teams are and who might be pretenders at you know a team with that are way under uh, in terms of their point differential that they have a negative point differential, but they're somehow over 500. And that's not for every team, but in most cases, that is usually the case. The NFC with the Cardinals at eight and one, then the Packers and Rams at seven and two, Buccaneers at six and two, Cowboys at six and two, Saints at five and three. So you kind of have an idea of like that looks like the top six teams in that conference. But then you have the Falcons at four and four, Panthers at four and five, the Vikings are three and five. They could have three or four more wins, they could have three or four more losses. The Seahawks. Three and five. It's just a very parody filled league. And I don't think I've ever, or I, I know that at week nine, like after week nine, I have never seen so much parody. But that two last points, it is going into week 10. So we could have, I mean, all these teams obviously have to play each other. In two weeks, we could be looking at it and like, okay, you know, the Cardinals and let's say the Rams and the Bucks really look like the class of the NFC. The rest of the other teams are going to battle it out for those wild card spots. Or in the AFC, uh, which there's certainly more parity with eight and potentially nine teams with five wins, there could be very well could be a team or two or three that look like the best teams in the AFC. Like that will start to sort itself out a little bit. It just has to because these teams have to play each other. But at the midway point of the season, I do not think I've ever seen so much parity. My last point for this episode of the Pick Six Pod, Pick Six, the Prospect Podcast. I was thinking about the Pick Six TikTok that I did on Dak Prescott. Again, go check that out. Um, there's this thought out there, and, and it's it's true. And Matthew Collar, who was Brought me into the Blue Wire podcast network and does a great job on his podcast, daily podcast about the Vikings, uh, Purple Insider. He tweeted on Sunday that like it's crazy that at any given point in time, there's like 10 to 15 quarterbacks or humans that can play the quarterback position at a high level in the NFL. Like that is pretty insane when you think about it, but that's been out there for a while now, like the past couple of years. But I think going a step further relative to how many of them there are in the field, there are not a lot of good offensive linemen in the league. And I think with um, that there certainly still are superstars, but if there's, if 32 teams, five offensive linemen on the field at a given time, there's 160 offensive linemen playing every week. If like when all teams are playing, 
there's certainly some stars, but I think if you're a team that is playing backups or third stringers due to injury or whatever, or whatever the case may be. And it typically is due to injury because teams again, don't have the luxury to just try out different offensive linemen on a given week. If, if their starters are healthy, you're going to be in trouble. Like it, it doesn't matter if you're facing the one in eight Texans, the eight and one Cardinals. Yes. You can have, you know, your quarterback elevate the team or a wide receiver have a huge outing and you can still win games, but you are flirting with dangerous territory. If you are playing one, two or three backups in the NFL and the offensive line is unique in that it's a weak link system. You can have one star, whether that be your left tackle, your center doesn't matter. One of your guards. And then the rest of your, like the two or three other of your starters, if they're like average or maybe a little above average or maybe a little below average, okay, you're fine. If you have at least one offensive lineman that is really, really bad and a huge liability, it's going to make your entire offensive line look really bad. Not every single game guaranteed to happen, but way more often than not, the offensive line being a weak link system, that's going to happen. And we saw that with the Bills against the Jaguars in week nine. Like they, they had a backup offensive lineman, Ike Butker at left guard, Cody Ford, a former second round pick in 2019. That is just doesn't even look like maybe not even a backup in the NFL. He had a hard time. They've moved their right tackle, Darrell Williams. He's played right guard. He was back out at right tackle. and But he, he's fine. Mitch Morse is fine. Deion Dawkins is fine. None of them are superstars, but they're all solid. When you have two backups in there or you're just offensive line isn't playing well, if it's even one guy can ruin an entire offensive game plan, and that's what happened. And the Bills, again, came into the game as the highest scoring team in the NFL scored six points against the Jaguars. The Green Bay Packers had some injuries up front. Jordan Love got blitzed so heavily against the Kansas City Chiefs. They were in the game. The Bills were in the game. But both those teams ultimately lost. Again, it's not guaranteed to happen every time. But if you have one or really if you only have one, but if you have one or two backups or just really bad offensive linemen, it's going to spell a lot of issues for your team. And it's like why we see teams uh, like there's just not a bunch of good offensive linemen sitting on the streets. Like there's running backs. You can pick up Adrian Peterson and, and get a touchdown from him off the couch. Offensive linemen are good offensive linemen. Reliable offensive linemen are very hard to come by in the NFL, especially relative to how many need to play 162, 160 in a given week in the NFL. So that's just a reminder that yes, quarterback, it's very scarce in terms of finding a really good one. And offensive line is the same. And so where do we go from that? Like what's the springing that forward? I would say there's what? three let's see three teams four teams that would probably be like yeah I'm, I'm happy with my club's offensive line like the buccaneers 
Cowboys probably the Saints I, to a certain degree. They're seeing a lot more loaded boxes this year without Drew Brees. Um, the Vikings have been a little bit better up front than they have in the past. Uh, the Colts, so there's three or four teams. The Browns certainly. So maybe four to three to five teams. Would probably say I I'm completely content with my offensive line with my team's offensive line. Maybe the Ravens, the Chargers have Rashawn Slater, they have Corey Lindsley, but the rest of the group is not very good. And I think that's what's led to a lot of their why they have a negative point differential. But they're five and three. Like Storm Norton at right tackle is not going to cut it. And they have other they've had to cycle in other guys that ruin an entire play, ruin a series, and ruin can almost single-handedly ruin an entire game, especially from the offensive side of the ball. So about three-fourths of the league or more is like reeling, like, man, our, our offensive line's a problem. What I How I'm spinning this forward is you better have elite skill position players and or a really good quarterback to mask those offensive line deficiencies. And I think more so than ever, that's why we're in this era where these athletic quarterbacks that can make a play like Patrick Mahomes made to seal the game against the Packers rolling out to his right, buying time, buying time, scanning, and then throwing across his body with accuracy and velocity to Tyree kill to convert to ultimately end the game. So the chiefs could run out the clock. You need that type of player. You need a Josh Allen. You need a Russell Wilson. You need a Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson, who this week is the MVP frontrunner. He kind of seem, seemingly changes every week or every couple of weeks at least. I mean, yes, Tom Brady just won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but again, he's playing behind arguably the best offensive line in the NFL that has not dealt with a lot of injuries. And there was a period last year in week nine of 2020. The Buccaneers lost at home to the Saints 38-3, to and Tom Brady had a really bad outing. I don't remember if that's when Ali Marpet was injured, but I know that he did get injured later in the season, and they had some problems up front, and that led to when Brady wasn't playing his best. So just remember that. But they've this year have not had a bunch of injuries up front, and Tom Brady could sneak into the MVP race, which I didn't know was possible for Tom Brady to sneak into an MVP race. But I, I think there's a case to be made that, that there's not too many quarterbacks playing better football than him. And he kind of avoided this strange week nine where we saw a bunch of underdogs win against teams that were in first place heading into the uh, weekend. So I do think the parody will kind of uh, shake itself out over the next couple of weeks, but I've never seen this much uh, parody in the halfway point of the season. All right, that'll do it for me today. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you for so thank you so much for listening to the Prospect Podcast.